1: It's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Blue Show, only on The Fan.
2: Let's get this Buck Blue Show underway. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And we are live in the Battery Atlanta, home of the Braves, as we look to become the world champions again. Get this postseason underway. Coming up a little later this week. Road dog in the house. He's ready to go. So is Derek Thomas. Our fine staff. We just went through a shift change. The uh, locker room has now left the building. In case you're wondering, get out of the way. They are heading home. When does Finn get back? I guess that trip to Europe took it out of him. Or maybe they left him behind. Oh, he's on vacation now. Well, he certainly deserves a couple of days off. So uh, let's not waste any time, DT. Let's get to work. Bucks. Big. take, Folks, I want you to know the Heisman Trophy voting is flawed. Most all of the voters are obsessed, obsessive, when it comes to stats. And that's why every year a quarterback, running back, or receiver wins the award. So a few Georgia fans are wondering, hey, man, uh, can Brock Bowers win the Heisman? As they say up north, forget about it. No tight end has ever won the Heisman Trophy in 87 years of voting. And only three tight ends have ever been a Heisman finalist. So the odds of making it to New York are really slim. Chances are Brock won't even win the Maxwell Award. Which goes to the nation's top football player, and I believe Bowers is exactly that. He's the nation's best college football player. This just in: Pro Football Focus rated Bowers as a high, they had him as the highest-rated player in college football this past weekend. So there you go. Hey, nineteen of the last twenty-three Maxwell Awards have gone to the quarterbacks. Also, hmm. Stats are king with the voters, and I think that's shameful. They ask themselves, who's got the most yards? As if yards wins football games. It's absurd. Best I can tell, I'm one of the only Heisman Trophy voters that is not obsessed with stats. And right now, uh, Brock Bowers looks to be the uh, best football player in college football. He can play inline tight end. He can flex out and play tight end. He can line up at every receiver position, X, Z, slot. Coach Bobo had him at running back against Auburn last Saturday. He can block, he can run, he can catch, he can score. Can Caleb Williams do that? I think not. So no, Brock isn't going to New York for the Heisman presentation, and he most likely isn't going to win the Maxwell Award, even though he deserves it at this point in time. Brock Bowers might have to settle for another Mackey Award at the end of the season, which goes to college football's top-tied end. He won it last season. But I know this, and I want you to know it. Bowers is the best in college football. He just won't have the stats to prove it. And there's your big take. Brought to you by Ace Hardware. Go to Ace, locally owned and operated all around the city of uh, Metro Atlanta. Ace Hardware. They're going to help you out and take care of you there. So what do you make of that,
3: guys? Well, you say that he was top-rated by one of the uh, sites. uh, Pro Football Focus. Pro Football Focus rated him the top. Uh, player in uh, college football over the weekend. Right. And he's overlooked in awards. He was overlooked by the SEC. There were two co-offensive players of the week, and Brock Bowers was not one of them. It was yeah. Ray Davis, the running back for Kentucky, and the uh, Jackson Dart, the quarterback out at um, M- Ole Miss. So he's already being overlooked for awards that he probably yeah. should have earned. Uh, awards.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, there have been three tight end finalists. In the Heisman Award.
3: I've been around.
2: Oh, go ahead. Uh, tight ends. Ken McAfee at Notre Dame, the last in 1977. They've been voting on that for 87 years. You know, and it is true. When I sit down to fill out my Heisman ballot, I'm looking beyond the stats. I, I don't want to be like everybody else. Okay, who's thrown for the most yards? Seems like that's what most every other Heisman voter looking at. I think that's embarrassing. I really do. And if I get kicked off the uh, voting committee, then so be it.
3: I don't think you should be kicked off for that. <laughs> You're going with what you feel, and that if the, that's what you feel. But, look, I've been around Brock Bowers enough to know that he is – I don't think he cares, honestly. Yeah. I mean, sure, he would probably like to win the Heisman. Who wouldn't like to win it? Right. But I don't think if he doesn't go to New York or get uh, be a Final Four or not win it, dude, he's ready. He just wants to play football. Yeah, and I love that
2: about him. That and the fact that he's so versatile. I believe they could put him over there on defense and he could get the job done somewhere. 10 o'clock hour sponsor, Dupree Plumbing. Go with the plumber I trust and score $50 off your next plumbing service. Hey, you can listen to 680 The Fan Beyond AM at 680. Beyond uh, FM at 93.7. We're streaming at 680thefan.com. You can click and watch the show and also get that fan mobile app. Driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Let them wow you up at Beaver Toyota and Coming. I drive by there most every day and they look busy. Want to talk a little Braves baseball as we get ready for the uh, postseason, which gets underway tonight. So we'll be watching a lot of baseball. Four games today, by the way. Looking forward to that. And I mentioned yesterday that for the Braves to give us a World Series run, anything beyond that I think would be a failure after the regular season we had. And I told you yesterday that we're going to have to do more than if you're expecting the Braves to go out and score eight runs a game and hit four home runs a game, like we have done in the regular season, it seems, then you're, you're asking too much. You're facing the best pitching in the world when you get to the postseason. Runs are going to be harder to come by. Dingers are going to be harder to come by. It's going to be pitching that is going to make the difference. And for the Braves, spotlight's going to be shining on Max Freed and Spencer Strider. Especially in the LDS, where they might, might get two starts. Depends on how long the series might go. Max Freed coming off a blister on his finger. They shut him down, put him on the IL, and today will throw the first of three intra-squad scrimmages. It's been 11 days since they put him on the I.L. I think he's been uh, sticking that in pickle juice. I've heard some people asking him to urinate on his finger, trying to toughen it up. Anything to get it ready for the postseason, right? There's going to be two narratives when the postseason's over. Two narratives related to Max Freed, and I'm going to give them to you, both of you, both of uh, them right now I'm going to give to you. The first narrative that is possible for Freed after the postseason was that he was fresh because he didn't get 30-plus starts this season. He was had that forearm problem that shut him down for a couple of months. He was fresh, and because of that, he dominated, and we needed to give Max Freed a new contract, because he's got he's got that contract situation coming up. So he's going to dominate. It was because he was fresh, and we need to give him that big money contract. That's narrative number one. And I hope it's that one. That's what I'm hoping for. Narrative number two is not as positive. That because he didn't pitch a lot this season... He was rusty, and that was the reason he struggled. And we need to let Max Freed hit that open market when the arbitration process runs out after next season. That he's going to be gone, like Freeman, like Swanson. As Saban would say, gone. Those gone. are the two narratives that are possible with Max Fried. And i tell you what, I'd, I'm hoping it's number one. I'm hoping that because he didn't get all that work, that his legs are fresh, the arm is fresh. He's going to shut down the Phillies when we see him. He's going to uh, send Swarber back to the bench. He's going to send Harper back to the bench. Go take a seat in the, on the bench, pal. And he's going to dominate. And then Spencer Strider, number 99, is going to do the same thing. I mean, we need those two guys in the postseason to lead the way. I mean, and that's the bottom line. We need that one-two punch with Freed and Strider. Strider and Freed dominating in the postseason if we're going to make that World Series run. And you look at what they did in the regular season, Freed. When Freed was on the mound, the Braves went 11-3. and Ace stuff. When Strider was on the mound, the Braves went 26-6. and Let me do the math for you. 37-9 and is what the Braves were when our one-two punch were standing on that bump. They won 80% of the time. And that's what we need out of those two guys when this thing gets underway. Saturday, I believe it is, when we start the series with the Phillies. I've already counted the Marlins out. We're going to face the Phillies, and this might be a tougher challenge than facing the Dodgers in the LCS. So there you go, a little Braves talk right off the bat. So uh, Bowers isn't going to win the Heisman. Max Fried, we're counting on you, brother. And I hope that blister doesn't develop tonight, getting that work in and the intra-squad scrimmage that is open to the public.
4: Ooh, I pressed the wrong button there, but uh, what'd you say? I wouldn't imagine that they would put Max out there if they had much of any reason to believe that he's going to no, 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 flare up. You know, this sometimes,
2: hot spot. man, you you start throwing, man, you throw that curveball that he's got, and suddenly up oh, there's some irritation. Up oh, here comes the well, blister.
4: Obviously, hopefully, you know, he's right out of the first sign.
2: Well, they need to find out. I mean, the worst thing that yeah, can you happen test it, right? yeah. is you go out there for game two.
4: And Throw three pitches or yeah, something like and that. Yeah, now absolutely. you've got to empty the bullpen. So that's why you're. That's yeah. why you have this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is
2: Kentucky a real threat to Georgia? We'll break it down coming up next. Got the Blue Show here on the Fan 680 and
0: 93.7. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
5: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Got the Buck Bowers show on the
2: fan. Appreciate you hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, here on the fan. Man, aren't you glad you're not Daniel Jones this morning?
4: Yeah, he didn't have a good game, Buck, but man, dude, dude he's going to be sore. How bad did they miss Andrew Thomas at uh, in New York, man? Well, it was like they were playing without a left oh, tackle last man. night. Poor guy. Yeah, and he's it's... sore and embarrassed. Hey, hey he's tough though. That guy plays hard. He gets knocked around. He runs around, runs for the first down and everything. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL by any means, but dude dude plays hard. He's tough because well, he's taken I, a beating. I tried beating. to tell
2: Mort they shouldn't pay him all that money, and Mort was on the bandwagon. <laughs> might show.
4: be slightly overpaid, yeah.
2: And I'd say another thing. I hope they fix all this uh, road work we've got going on here around Truist Park and the battery. Dude, you got trouble getting off 285 right now. We got the postseason cranking up this weekend. Circle K, uh, Circle 75 Parkway, as you get off 285, they got the right lane shut down. That's the one everybody uses to try to get out and park. And then you come up to the next light by the uh, Dunkin' Donuts, their Cobb Parkway, Windy Ridge. They're working on that, too. Let's get this wrapped up, folks. It's going to get crowded around here soon. All right, I want to talk Georgia football? Hey, I got a conversation coming up. Offensive lineman Tate Ratledge will join me for the roundtable at 35 after the hour. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the game coming up on Saturday. You got Georgia taking on Kentucky under the lights at Sanford Stadium. A seven o'clock kickoff there. Kentucky coming in hot, number 20 and five and 0 undefeated, and they've got these thoughts about dismantling Georgia and winning the SEC East, advancing to the SEC title game, and taking down Alabama or Texas A&M, whoever that might be. Kentucky coming in hot. They just took down the Gators 33-14 last weekend. And they're tired of losing to Georgia and Athens. Last time they got it done, 2009. I ask you: Are the cats a real threat to the Georgia Bulldogs? Because there are some people thinking they are. Some of the people in this business. Not sure if it's fine. I think it might be fine. Bomb. He says Georgia. I saw her, or maybe it's McElroy. That has Kentucky taking down Georgia this weekend.
4: One of the, quote unquote, experts. The SEC. Well, Feinbaum, he's a insiders. Tennessee
2: grad. And then you got McElroy, he's an Alabama man. They'd be happy to see Georgia go down hard. Feinbaum's saying it's a hangover year for Georgia. Do you see this?
4: That they look flat. When I must they have play. missed that episode of Feinbaum, unfortunately.
2: Well, he was on Jocks over in Birmingham. I think he joins them about once a week. Must have missed that too. Finebaum saying there's a talent drop-off in Athens. They've had some key injuries, and that the easy schedule is hiding Georgia's vulnerability. Yeah, Kentucky. So uh, Kentucky, they play physical. That's their brand of football under Coach Stoops. They're playing physical. Man, their line of scrimmage. They are really happy with the way that line of scrimmage is playing, the offensive line, the defensive line. Dude, they ran for 330 yards against the Gators. And they're doing it with a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, four new offensive linemen transfers, a new running back transfer, and three quality wide receivers. And this Ray Davis, the running back, just simply dominated the Gator defense. 26 carries, 280 yards, Three touchdowns, and he is running tough. Let's hear Kirby. He was talking about Ray Davis yesterday. He's an
3: exceptional back. As good a back as I've seen in a long time. This guy's smooth, explosive. He pass protects really well. He protects the ball. He's aggressive in the way he runs. It reminds me of Swift. He's just a little bigger, but he has a lot of the same cuts, one-cut runner. And they do a tremendous job now blocking for him. So it's not all him. Their backs run really physical,
2: but they are committed to running the ball. And they they, they do a great job at the point of attack. I don't believe there are going to be any teams that beat Georgia that would be one-dimensional one, one dimensional offensively. To beat a good defense, and I've always believed this, you can't beat a good defense, you can't expose them, you can't score points on them if all you can do is one thing. If all you can do is run the football or if all you can do is throw the football, you're not going to beat a quality defense. you got to have balance. you got to be able to do both. And Kentucky is struggling throwing the football. Devin Leary, who played a ton of football at NC State, a lot of experience, he, he's struggling. Totally struggling right now throwing the football. 57% completion percentage. They're hitting very few explosive plays in the passing game. There have been missed throws, there have been drops, there have been poor decisions, bad timing between the quarterback and the receivers. And I think you get some of this when you have all these transfers coming in. You just throw them together. It's like the New York Mets in baseball. We're going to go out and try to buy a championship. We're going to buy this guy and buy that guy. And we're going to buy this guy, this guy, and this guy. And we're going to throw them all together and expect that it's going to work. And that's what Kentucky's done on offense. Look, they can run the football. But can they throw it? Because if they can't, I think the Georgia defense has got a big advantage there.
4: I got to say, this sounds a lot like the way we talked about this Auburn offense coming into last week, though. Yeah, and they scored 20 points at home, and they came up short and lost the football game.
2: 20 points. Not going to beat Georgia. Not at home between the hedges. They're going to have to score more than 20. And I don't believe they can do that by just lining up and running the football. And Devin Leary's not a runner. So he's not going to hurt you running the football. So are the Cats a real threat? I have a hard time believing that. What's the line? I think it started at 15, 17. I think it might be down to 15 right now. Georgia favored by a little over two touchdowns in the game. Let's bounce around the college football scene. By the way, what happened to Arian Smith? Did you see him road dog last week? Arian Smith, number 11 for Georgia. He went missing. Have they found him yet? I guess Ladd McConkey got back. They forgot all about Arian Smith. Zero catches. Zero targets. And did you see, I and I was talking last week going into the Auburn game about how I was going to miss seeing the Georgia-Auburn game played every single year. And people on social media were saying, Baloo, what are you talking about? Well, Hugh Freeze, you see what he said yesterday in his press conference? As the head coach at Auburn, he's going to miss playing Georgia every year. little slip going on
3: there. Road dog. Slip that in there accidentally. Yeah, I saw that. I was actually just listening to that audio right now, and yeah, it's unf- I hope that he is not foreshadowing something that he knows that we don't know publicly yet, officially, because I would hate to lose that. Um, like he even uh, it said, it was his first time being involved uh, deeply in the Auburn-Georgia rivalry, and he loved it. It's it's just one of those rivalries that if we lost, it would be sad for college football, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Well, look, I've got some deep connections when it comes to Deep South football. So, and I hope you'll uh, continue to listen to the Buck Baloo show and get some of that.
3: Say it's not so, Buck. Say it's not so.
2: I can't do it. Can't do it. Hey, uh, really proud to see that one of the Buck Baloo quarterback camp participants, uh, MJ Morris. They have finally woken up in Raleigh, and NC State is going to bench Brennan Armstrong. They brought in from Virginia with that new offensive coordinator. He's been a disaster, and they're going to turn to M.J. Morris. Great to see. Love Morris's game. He can run it. He can throw it. He's a leader. They had plans of redshirting him. After he played as a true freshman a year ago, Former uh, Carrollton and Pace High School quarterback here in Metro Atlanta. Wolfpack, one of the worst offenses in college football under Brennan Armstrong. You're into yards. They were gaining about 340 yards a game, which is lousy. And so M.J. MJ Morris is going to get the shot. Go get him, M.J. I was DM, DMing him yesterday. Telling him congratulations. Go play winning football. And have some fun doing it. Devin Leary looking at the total QBR, 88th in college football, the Kentucky quarterback, BT. 88th. Uh, Lousy. Lousy. Uh, The top-rated quarterback in college football, you want to take a guess on that one? Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, number one in total QBR. Carson Beck has moved up to 20th in the total QBR, which tells you he's playing at a pretty high level. Number 20 in total QBR. Really proud of the way Carson's playing. A lot of good decisions. Really calm back in the pocket, getting the ball out on time. And you know, I heard some boy at the coffee shop yesterday getting on Carson, throwing an interception against Auburn, and I, I tried to set him straight. That Carson, that was really a good decision and a good throw. That defensive back just sort of wrestled the ball away from the receiver. You're going to hang – people are so quick to blame the quarterback. Look at the dogs uh, on offense, fifteenth in scoring in college football. Again, quick criticizing Mike Bobo, thirty-eight point six points per game. Number three in the SEC. Dogs defense, thirteen points a game allowed. Number fourteen in college football. Tops in the SEC. A little more extra college football nuggets for you right there. Which uh, takes us, I believe, uh, Tuesdays we get to the NFL Top 5.
1: The best in college football and the NFL. 5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's time for Buck Baloo's Top 5. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Ace all over the place in Metro Atlanta and the Baloo show. All right, I kicked the
2: Dolphins out after getting kicked around by the Bills. Uh, Under consideration, I considered the Ravens, the Lions, and the Seahawks. And I really consider them hard because I like and respect their quarterbacks. Lamar and Jared Goff and Geno, who I got to see play last night. Really love the way Geno plays the game. All right, so the NFL top this week. Week number four in the books now. I'm going 49ers. They stay at number one. 49ers have smoked everybody they've played. 30-plus points, four games in a row. Defense averaging, allowing 14 points a game. They smoked Phoenix, 35-16. 49ers, 4-0, they're number one in my NFL top five. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles, 4-0. They beat Washington and Philly in OT. So the top five, the top of the top five did not change. Niners one, Eagles two, as Kincaid used to call them. I got the Chiefs moving up from four to three, beat the Jets in New York. They're now three and one, and they got that famous singer that is now following them around. A lot of people upset with that, all the Piara that she's been getting up in the private box, Taylor Swift. I got no problem with it, really. I got the Bills four. They move up from five to the four slot. They blew out Miami 48-20 in Buffalo. And I got the Cowboys who fell out after the loss to the Cardinals. They're back in after they go to Boston and take care of the Patriots. No, no, no. They they beat Boston in Big D, 38-3. So I've got the Niners 1, Eagles 2, Chiefs 3, Bills 4, and the Cowboys
1: 5. Bucks Top 5 on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's Sports Station.
2: Uh, Bulldog Roundtable time. I got to catch up with Tate Ratledge yesterday. Here's that conversation.
1: Proud to be the official sports talk station of the Dogs, And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, 15 10 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM.
2: Joining me now on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line, Bulldog offensive lineman Tate Ratledge. Tate, how you feeling coming off that Auburn game? It looked pretty physical out there.
6: Uh, it was definitely a physical game. Um, coming off with a lot of things that I can personally improve on and that we can improve on as an offensive line and, and as an offense and also as a team. So I think we got some really good tape from that game to learn from, and I think uh, we can make some improvements this week.
2: Tate, a couple of years ago when I was playing uh, Chuckle Chuckle, I hear the Kentucky and I immediately think, okay, this is gonna be a physical football game. It seems like they've always played a physical style. Uh this is your kind of game though, isn't it, brother?
6: Yes, sir, it is. They, they they've definitely established a uh physical football brand up there and you can talk to anybody that's ever played them, I hear, I think, and they'll they'll say that this is one of the more physical games of the year in every year. So definitely looking forward to a lot of uh, a really physical game this year. You
2: guys have been home uh, pretty much the entire season, so tell us about the challenge you faced on the road, uh, hostile environment in the SEC. Uh, this is a big step forward for the team, right? I mean, you get through an atmosphere like that; and that's got to give you guys a little
6: confidence. Um, yes, sir, it did. It gave us a lot of confidence. That the place, was, that place was loud, and I think we really we we did a really good job handling that loudness and communicating. And of course, there were. A little bumps in the communication here and there, which is expected on a place like that that gets that loud. But I think we uh, did a really good job handling it. How
2: much do you appreciate the physical running style uh, that Dejan Edwards brings to the
6: table? This guy's rugged. Oh, he is. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, He makes us look good a lot of the times. Um, He he hits holes. He runs through people. And um, seeing that as an offensive lineman, it kind of brings joy to you just knowing that you make a hole, he's going to find his way to it and find his way through it.
2: i tell you my favorite play of the game. So it's third and short. I think it's a third and one. And I look up, and Coach Bobo has Brock Bowers lined up mm-hmm. as a running back, and you give him the ball on a uh, running back play, and he gets you the first down on a third down and one, third down and two. Is this guy the best, guy, best uh, football player in college football?
6: I think he's got to be in the argument. He makes plays when plays are needed to be made, and um, he's shown that every game he's played in, and he's he's done a really good job. Uh, and he, he's he's a really good guy on top of that as well. So I really uh, appreciate having him on our team. I think it's safe to say um, he definitely he definitely makes it a little bit easier on us.
2: What was that were you taken back by uh, when you installed that play? Because you don't see this now. I hadn't seen another tight end lining up at running back on a third and one and getting (laughs) the ball off tackle.
6: I knew it was a matter of time. we were going to find a way to get him the ball, I think, is always a pretty good game plan. Um, He he makes plays, and I think no matter where he is on the field, I think he'll end up making plays there.
2: All right, so you had to make a change on the offensive line because of injury when Mims goes down and uh, Dylan Fairchild steps in. and I saw uh, Micah (laughs) Morris out for the first time really – Getting some playing time, at offensive guard. How'd he play?
6: Um, Micah really stepped up. Uh, Micah is a really physical human. Um, He moves people. He's strong. He's physical, and I think he really stepped up on Saturday and played really well.
2: Lad McConkey, you got a boost with Lad back in there, didn't you? He made some plays. he
6: He he's a playmaker as well. When he when plays are needed to be made, he's usually open.
2: Tate, what about the impact of losing a guy like Darnell Washington as far as the run game is concerned? That's tough to replace, is it uh, not? I mean, you've had to you know try to overcome that a little bit this year.
6: It's definitely hard to replace it. As an offensive lineman, it's nice having a guy, an extra guy like that on your line with you. Um, he can also – he's a freak athlete, um, can block just as well as an offensive lineman, can run routes as good as any wide receiver. And I think in the run game, missing that uh, – not having that kind of body would hurt anybody. I think just getting used to have him out there is just he set a standard that's, that's really hard to step up to.
2: All right, Kentucky undefeated. They're riding high. I'm sure they're full of confidence. What are you expecting on
6: Saturday? Um, uh, uh, a fist fight. A really physical football game. Um, I think it's going to be uh, the more physical game this year. Um, I think we need to go out there and execute, and I think uh, they have a really good football team, so... If we, I think we need to go out there and execute and play to what we know we can play to. The
2: pride of Rome, Georgia, Tate Ratledge. Tate, you're playing for all of Rome, right? I mean, they, you got uh, us a passionate fan base there, too, in Rome. And I've always, you know, this uh, high school football in Rome, man, it gets a lot of respect around the state.
6: Uh, yes, sir, I am playing for Rome. Uh, I love the community back there. They're, they're great. They always have my back. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's a pretty good football spot up there.
2: Well, keep up the good work, man. You're playing well. We're proud of you, and uh, we'll be talking to you down the road, man.
6: Yes, sir. Thank you.
2: Tate, a tremendous offensive lineman, and he's got the best mullet in the college football game. He joined us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker Line. I want, you to, uh, want to invite you to join us at Atlanta Sports Station Saturday before the Kentucky game for a huge free tailgate. Party's going to start at 3.30. We've got a great location behind the Athens Banner Herald. Thanks to Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort, The Long Drink, Jim Beam, Corona, Body Armor Flash IV, and Bojangles. Get your tickets now, your free tickets, at 680 thefancom tailgate central. You got to be 21 to come have the fun. Coming back on the other side, man, we got a big announcement plus some Falcons talk as it relates to their quarterback. A lot of talk about their quarterback. We'll hit it next. Got the Buck Blue show here on the fan 680 and 937. Who cares?
0: A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank member FDIC.
5: Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. change
2: with the Falcons quarterback. I'm hearing a lot of that this week on Sports Talk Radio, the coffee shop. What are the Falcons going to do with Desmond Ritter? Now, I'm not one of them. I'm not saying kick him to the curb. Now, I've You know, I've been saying the entire offseason, though, as everybody else was promoting Ritter and talking about how great Ritter was going to be. He's going to lead the Falcons to the playoffs. Ritter is the answer, and uh, Ritter is going to be fantastic. He's going to be better than Matt Ryan. I tried to tell you he wasn't going to be. I think you nailed it. I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back, though. I get no joy out of this. Falcons are my team. I want to see Ritter do well. But it's been a struggle, and you've seen that. Four starts, three touchdown passes, three interceptions, two fumbles, been a turnover machine. 16 sacks, not all of it on the offensive line. He's holding the ball too long back there in the pocket. And uh, total QBR, which takes it into effect. uh, So many different stats. They throw it all in there together. Riz, uh, Ritter, number 31 out of 32 teams. 32 quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, number 31. And he's going to face a Houston defense that sort of middle of the pack. They do a good job of stuffing the run, I believe, number 19 in the NFL, uh, slowing down the run game, a little over 115 yards a game. And they're giving up less than 20 points per game. The Texans' defense. Their head coach knows something about defense. So this isn't going to be easy Sunday. At down at Mercedes-Benz, a one o'clock kickoff. Falcons favored by one in the game. We're going to our defense, which has played really, really well. I love Nielsen's new scheme. They're playing some good football on that defensive side, giving up less than twenty points a game too, without a lot of help from the offense. This week, though, Nielsen, they got to find a way to slow down C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback that is uh, off to a great start with his pro career. He'll be back at MBS. Remember the national semifinal against Georgia? He carved the Bulldogs' defense up. Stroud is number 15 in total QBR, and he's throwing it 36 times a game. Hadn't thrown an interception yet. Hadn't been sacked in his last two games. So this will be a tough test. Rise up! Coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. All right, back to Desmond Ritter. Let's hear from Arthur Smith. He was talking to the media and, of course, was asked about if he was thinking, considering a quarterback change.
4: So As you guys know this, you're talking about young quarterbacks in this league and things that you want to be able to see. You know, there's a fine line between always jerking the wheel. And making a guy more hesitant, and you got to make the best decision for your team going forward. You know, if you if you think that the biggest issue is making a change, then that's what you have to do. You nobody know, nobody's gonna sit there and do the same thing over and over. Right? That's one of the definitions definitions of insanity that gets credit. But it's you understand that you don't want to be stubborn that way. And then the fine line you objectively look at it is it just you know, you're now you're talking about putting it all in one person. There's a there's a lot of things that go into it. If you didn't think it gave you a chance, if you didn't have evidence of it. That'd be a problem.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, Art. You know, while a lot of you are blaming uh, Desmond Ritter, I'm going to blame uh, Arthur Smith, who is the offensive coordinator. Basically, he's given somebody else the title, but he's he's running the offense. You got and that right. <laughs> so I'm going to blame Arthur Smith, the uh, front office, for trying to sell us on Desmond Ritter coming into the sea The entire off season, you tried to sell us on this. Third round quarterback with four career starts. And many of you were buying it. Not me. Who cares? Coach, this is the third year of that three year plan. Might want to get your act together before your butt's out the door. I'm just saying. Hey, Nick and Chris are coming up next, and you can find the Business of Sports segment each week on their show. as presented by the Southern Company. Business of Sports presented by Southern Company, building the future of energy for all the customers and
1: communities they are privileged to serve. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955.
2: Yeah, we're going to change it up this week. Normally, we wait to the end of the week, but we're not doing it this week. Going to go ahead and announce our Week 7 Buck Belusio High School Football Player of the Week. And this week, a Shambly High linebacker, Brodney Taylor, coming off a 16-tackle performance.
4: How about that, DT. Brodney Taylor of Shambly, 16 tackles. Making the tackle like every second or third play pretty My much. My goodness, have a <laughs> night, kid.
2: And a 35-28 to 28 win over ML King. So we're going to go with Brodney Taylor. Our week seven, Buck Belusio
4: high school football. About time we got some defensive players in there, way, the That's week, what yeah. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm just not
2: going with the quarterbacks and running backs there you that, go. that have the stats. We're going with some football players. That's what I'm talking about. Yes,
1: sir.
4: Are we out of time, DT? Yeah, pretty much.
2: Are you kidding me? It's a quick
4: show, Buck. Is that it? Well, I mean, yeah, you got anything you got to get in? We got we got well, 30 seconds. Yeah, I would have liked to have taken a couple of calls. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow?
2: We'll see about that. That's Appreciate you hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Buck show here on The Fan. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.
0: Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
1: The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1, smoked high in the air, deep center field,
4: and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen.